Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 448. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 36 through 40. Let's read our passage. Or did the word of God originate from you, or did it come to you only? If anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, he should recognize that what I write to you is the Lord's command. If anyone ignores this, he will be ignored. So then, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. But everything is to be done decently and in order. This is Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth, a church he had founded five years earlier on his second missionary journey. Now he's on his third missionary journey. He's in Ephesus. Write this letter to the church at Corinth. They are a church that's got problems. They are very much acting in a prideful way that they think they're the most spiritual, who's aligned with the best teacher. There's factions amongst them. They think they're very wise. They're very knowledgeable. They're very spiritual. And this is evidenced by their speaking in tongues, which proves how spiritual they are. So Paul's completing chapter 14 here, and he's been arguing about spiritual gifts in 12, 13, and 14. In chapter 12, it was about diversity. Everybody does not have the gift of speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit uses a variety of gifts, uses a variety of ways that he manifests himself in his people. Embrace that diversity, but it's done within unity. Chapter 13 was about love. Love undergirds everything. What they're doing, the way they're conducting themselves, is not in a loving way, but in a very prideful, selfish way. And love has got to undergird everything. Chapter 14, he talked about intelligibility, that it's important that things be understood. And he gave some practical applications for using spiritual gifts in public worship, specifically tongues and prophecy, that tongues should not be in public worship, unless there is interpretation. And even then, it's got to be done in an orderly way, that there should be taking turns, and not more than two or three actually speaking in tongues. And similar with prophecies, to be done in order. Have a few people prophesy, then an evaluation of the prophecies. And then he ended that section with, as in all the churches of the saints. And we had the little section we looked at last time, speaking about women in the church remaining silent. We kind of were careful with that. wasn't entirely clear what was being said. And what we're looking at today seems to follow directly from the second part of verse 32, as in all the churches of the saints. Because then he says here in verse 36, or did the word of God originate from you? Or did it come to you only? That's the slapping to them of their kind of working on their own here. They're in dangerous territory in how they're dealing with the Word of God. So the challenge, did the Word of God originate from you? Are you the guys that invented Christianity? Or did Jesus invent Christianity and call his apostles among him to then take Christianity to the world? In case you didn't notice, Paul's one of those apostles lately added, but that's where he's going with this. Uh, did, did you guys invent all this? Or did it come to you only? Are, are you the only church in the world who has the word of God? 
So a real challenge to them as far as what their thinking is here. So these aren't real questions, they're challenges. Did you admit this? And are you the only ones that God has spoken to? In verse 37, he says, If anybody thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, he should recognize that what I write to you is the Lord's command. There's a background to this. He used this language, if anyone thinks he is. He used that back in chapter 3, verse 18, where he said, if anyone thinks he is wise in this age, that's where he was slapping them down on their self-analysis of their wisdom, that they think they're so incredibly wise. And he says, well, if anybody thinks he's wise in this age, and he was talking about earthly wisdom versus godly wisdom. And his argument all that is, you're not nearly as wise as you think you are. And then in chapter 8, verse 2, he said, if anyone thinks he knows anything. And the whole point there was their knowledge. They thought they knew so much. They knew all about the pagan temples. They knew the gospel. They knew the pagan temples didn't amount to anything. They're just there for the food. And Paul challenged them, if you think you know anything, because you don't know nearly as much as you think you know. And so using the same format here, if anybody thinks he's a prophet or spiritual. And so kind of the background to that is you're not nearly as spiritual as you think you are. And what is their rationale for thinking they're so incredibly spiritual? We speak in tongues. That's the proof that we're spiritual. And Paul's been saying, well, no, that's not the proof that you're spiritual. Because it takes intelligibility to prove spirituality. That's how he led into chapter 12, was the content proves the spirituality. And in chapter 13, it was all about love. Then it really proves a lot. If you're doing this without love, then you're not spiritual. But the prophet part. Here he's using prophet a little different than he has in chapter 14, where he was talking about those who prophesy. So there's kind of a prophet with a small p and prophet with a capital P, even though there, there's no capitals in, in this letter. It's all lowercase. But the way we would use it, prophet is somebody who prophesies. And there's also the office of prophet, the position of prophet. Remember back in chapter 12, verse 28, Paul said, God has placed in the church first apostles, second prophets. And so prophet's an actual recognized position. He gave some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, teachers. In Ephesians, he, he talked about that. So here I think he's using the, the word prophet as more of a recognized position. You think you're a prophet, and the implication there is, I'm an apostle. And as I discussed earlier, God placed first apostles then prophets. Because he goes on to say, he should recognize what I write to you is the Lord's command. So he's laying a little uh, apostleness on them here. They challenged him in his apostleness, saying, we well, don't think you're a very good apostle. Well, bottom line, doesn't matter whether you're a very good apostle or not, I am an apostle. And that trumps your prophetness. So he is throwing his apostolic authority here. You guys, you didn't invent the word of God. It was brought to you by 
apostles, me. And the word of God has not only come to you, it's come to all the churches. And I, as an apostle, am giving you the Lord's command. And if you think you're a prophet, you think you're spiritual, you better listen to what I'm telling you from the Lord. So, in chapter 3, he slapped them down on they think they're wise. Chapter 8, he slapped them down on they think they're knowledgeable. And here, he's basically slapping them down on they think they're spiritual. They're not nearly as spiritual as they think they are. And you better listen to what I tell you. Now, he's been telling them a lot about spiritual gifts, about tongues and prophecy and orderly worship. And there he sums it up here. Verse 38, if anyone ignores this, he will be ignored. This is pretty ominous. Ignores what? Well, the Lord's command. What he's writing here. He says, I am, what I'm writing, this letter I am writing as an apostle of Jesus Christ is the command of the Lord. And if you ignore this, what I'm writing to you, you will be ignored. I didn't say by who, but the implication, by the Lord. Uh, thus saith the Lord. So if you say, well, I don't care what the Lord says, well, look out there. So there's uh, pretty heavy-handed words here, but appropriately so. He, he is an apostle. He is speaking on God's behalf. And so you guys think you're so spiritual, you better listen to what God tells you. Because if you're not going to listen to God, then God's going to pull back from you. And that's appropriate for all of us at all time is when we how we approach the Bible. If we say, well, I know the Bible says, but, or basically said, well, I know what the Lord has said, but I choose to do otherwise. I choose to ignore that. Or I choose to make up my own rules and say, well, it doesn't apply to me. Yeah, I know the Bible says that, but my circumstance is unique. God could not have possibly foreseen my circumstances. Therefore, his clear words uh, probably don't apply to me. Well, we say that kind of stuff, but read 1 Corinthians 14, 38 here. If anyone ignores this, he will be ignored. So he wraps up his argument about spiritual gifts and public worship. Verse 39. So then, brothers and sisters, so then I'll boil it down to these three statements. Be eager to prophesy, do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything is to be done decently and in order. He began chapter 14 with the be eager to prophesy. So desire prophecy. Prophecy, what's so special about prophecy? Prophecy is intelligible. It's understandable. It builds up. But he also adds, do not forbid speaking in tongues. So his Discussion here about tongues has been putting limitations and trying to give perspective, but not forbidding. So he says, don't forbid speaking in tongues. That doesn't mean that everything he just said doesn't matter. What did he say? In public worship, if there's no interpretation, then there are no tongues. No argument about that. No interpretation, no tongues. But, so, but don't forbid it. Just make sure you, you do it carefully. And then verse 40, but everything is to be done decently and in order. So as it sounds like, now Paul didn't describe, but just based on his 
discussion. It sounds like things were not being done decently and in order. It sounds like things were absolute chaos. Things were bizarre. And it was all about trying to be showy, trying to show off and outdo one another and prove how spiritual they were. So they're nearly not nearly as wise as they think they are. They're not nearly as knowledgeable as they think they are. They're not nearly as spiritual as they think they are. What they need to do is desire to learn from God through prophecy and manage the public worship so that things are done decently and in order. This completes this section on spiritual gifts. And we need to read it in the context and understand what Paul's been saying here. Paul's not been giving them a tutorial about spiritual gifts. What he's done is deal with some errors, deal with some correction that they're trying to be very showy in what they're doing. And he's correcting that saying, quit being so showy, knock that stuff off and desire instead to, to grow as a church, to grow in the word of God, to grow in your relationship with God and one another and make sure you're, Public worship settings are decent and in order. Well, the letter's not over. we still got to deal with some theology next in chapter 15. So thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.